TJ Walker. Another week here on 1450 of the Sports Buzz. Lots to talk about. We're going to recap the Masters. Jordan Spieth just dominates. Uh, but it was actually a pretty fun weekend to watch golf, despite it not being overly competitive uh, for first place. Tiger looked good, and there was some excitement on Saturday, wondering, hoping maybe that he would be able to push it, uh, push the push, or diminish, I guess, the lead would be a better word for it. Not able to have him, but still fun to, to see glimpses of hope from Tiger and uh, I, you, you get the feel that the next generation of golf could be here. We'll talk a little bit about that. UK basketball recruiting really starting to heat up, and there is a lot of mystery and intrigue surrounding the Cats and who next season team will consist of, what it will look like, will they be any good, can a national championship be the expectation yet again. We'll talk that. The second segment, we're going to have Alex Forkner of Rivals.com to come on and talk a little spring football. Kentucky had a scrimmage on Saturday and open practice. He was there for that. So we'll get his insight, what the quarterback race looks like, and what's going to happen with the football cats and Mark Stoops in year three. Uh, excited to announce that I, while it was a very busy sports weekend and I was able to catch a lot of it, there's also the Nike Hoop Summit game for recruiting. Uh, we will certainly mention that. So while all this was going on, I had to record a lot of it, watch it later, or just catch bits, bits, bits and pieces. Because, Trevor, this is the first show from the new house. Oh, so you have a new studio is what you're telling us. New studio, new setup. Uh, you sound not- a little different. It almost sounds a little more empty in the room, if that makes sense. Well, I don't know if that would be the case, because at the apartment, I would generally do the show in a room that was ginormous and had vaulted ceilings. Now I'm just doing it in a normal room. So maybe... Uh, also less exciting news coming from this weekend. Also allergies are back. So maybe that had some, maybe my voice just sounds different because I'm a little raspy. How, how is the new house treating you so far? You haven't having any uh, money pit like issues. Have you? No, not yet. And man, uh, I don't remember a weekend that I worked harder than, than this one. Uh, ton of stuff had to move washers and dryers and, this and that, uh, furniture, so many couches. My brother's also moving to Texas, so he's starting that process of moving some stuff. So it's just a weekend full of moving. Uh, but everything looks good. We've got cable. We've got internet. We've got the TV set up. We've got the furniture where we want it. We've got the majority of the pictures hung up, hanged throughout the throughout the house, throughout the new studio. Uh, the, so was it a new season of Game of Thrones to open a new household last night is what you're telling it me? It was. We had a nice little Game of Thrones. We also made a nice Game of Thrones drinking game, which was a good time. It'd be a lot more fun, Trevor, if you were a Game of Thrones fan, because then I could go over the rules with you. Uh, if, if the rules are when someone when you see a naked breast or a death, you take a drink, then I'm thinking you're going to be sloshed at the end of the hour. Well, I, you know what? Should we go over the rules? Probably should. I'm I'm up for it. I'm up for any drinking game rule. All right. Well, usually uh, the Monday after Game of Thrones, Yates and I would take the first 20 minutes. Uh, Yates obviously moved on to to bigger and 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 better things. Uh, well, I don't know if they're bigger or better, but he moved on. 
so we might not take up 20 minutes each Monday after Game of Thrones for 10 weeks of the year, but we'll take a little time. So this it started last night. I was super excited about it. This is going to be the season where the books, where the TV show surpasses the books. So I'll be, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, which is kind of exciting for me because the last few seasons I've I've known for the most part. So we decided to come up with a drinking game, and Trevor, you hit the first one. Uh, you got it. You got it. You got it down. The first one that anytime uh, take a shot. And when we were playing this, we weren't. We were taking shots of beer because it was a Sunday night and everybody had to work. Uh, but you know, you still it, it's still a long hour with these rules. Uh, let's see. And some of these I might not be able to read on air, but this one I can. So whenever, uh, whenever. Uh, a woman exposes her chest. You take a drink. How long Anytime. into the episode did that did that uh, rule take effect? Three minutes? Two seconds? About Twenty minutes. Okay, now I know where to start the episode at. Go on. Take a shot every time someone dies during a battle scene. You take five drinks. So that took again no time. Uh, every time you see a White Walker, take three sips. We did not break that rule last night. No, I guess that might be a spoiler, but oops. Uh, it makes you whenever, feel better. I don't know what a White Walker is. That's good, and you're not going to know who a lot of these people are, but that's okay. Every time Sansa whines, take a large gulp. Whenever you see a dragon, take a drink. Anytime Tyrion's height is referenced, take a drink. Every time somebody says winter is coming, take a shot. Each time Jon Snow uh, is... He, he's got this little phrase, Trevor, that you're not going to use. Uh, you, you have to take a drink every time he says that. Every time someone says a cuss word, you take a drink, which that, that was a good one. Is there anything in this show that you don't drink to, by the way? Is it like if there's a moment of silence, you take a drink. If someone uses a word that begins with the letter T, we have a drink. Well, there seems to be a lot of drinking in this for just the, well, that's no reason point. whatsoever other than you want to get drunk. Every time Cersei is a jerk, you take a drink. Each time there's a sex scene, you drink until it's over. That one is a good way to get pretty pretty drunk. Doesn't that fall into the same category as naked breasts? And no, I mean, you could have an exposed breast just hanging out, but it's not necessarily a sex scene. You're starting to make me really want to watch this show now. I didn't really like it at first. I didn't think I'd ever want to see it, but now I'm starting to get convinced. It's a very... Uh, it's graphic, you know, don't yes. let... Don't don't let your kids watch it, but a great show, fun episode. We won't get into the details of it. I don't want spoilers, uh, but I, I guess we can wrap up the TV talk with this, and this is pretty important. But, Trevor, did you finish House of Cards? I knew you were going to bring this up. I, 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 oh, no. I, took, I, I got up to episode eight, so I, I, ended up, I, covered, I covered four episodes over the weekend. As you mentioned, there was a lot of basketball on, especially in terms of, uh, even though I didn't get to watch the World Classic, but... I had a lot going on myself. I had the TV show last night, but I watched four episodes over the weekend. So I got to the point where she dyed her hair and they renewed their vows. And if, if you're upset about a spoiler for that, then you can get over it because that show's been out for over two months now. There will be nobody getting upset over any spoilers when it comes to House of Cards on this radio show because it, it has been that long. And I'm tempted to just ruin it for you, Trevor. Please don't do that. If you, I, I'm really tempted to do it. Don't do, I, I can be very vindictive. I will find a way to ruin a show for you in some way if you do that to me. You won't. <laughs> if, if I get enough tweets in saying that I should, I'll do it. We probably won't, though. Uh, no, because Captain Gardic likes me. and uh, yeah. I, I'm Rob Blackhawk, he hates it when I'm mean, and that would be me being a jerk. So 
uh, you're probably safe. But if I get enough saying to do it, then I'm going to do it. I have learned. I have started to lose uh, my uh, sympathy feelings for Doug. The way he's kind of backstabbing Underwood. I'll say that. What makes you say that he's backstabbing now, Underwood? Well, to this point, he's already ha- he's helping his competition. Now I don't know if he's a mole or not, so you'll have to keep that to yourself. I hope. But to this point, it seems like he's. Uh, slapping the hand that has fed him for his entire life after, well, after to... surviving being, you know, left for dead. Well, I mean, I wish I'd talk about it, Trevor, but I can't because you haven't watched it. <laughs> I promise to... I, I won't have it done tonight because after the night we have a high school baseball game following uh, the press box, and then I have to, I'm going to watch Raw when I get home on DVR. But I, I promise you I will have it. I'll knock it out. I'll last three or four episodes there are, I guess, uh, maybe five. I'll knock them all out tomorrow because I don't have anything on the agenda TV-wise tomorrow night. That's good news. Clayby116 says, I'm with Trevor. I'm only on episode 10. Oh, he's ahead so of me. Give it one more week. You guys are, come on. <laughs> when there's a good show on, that's the only thing I can think about is watching it. Uh, so a little disappointed in, in, in both you all and anybody else. And if you don't watch it, then that's fine. You don't watch it. But you guys openly probably admit that it's a good show. I don't know how it takes three months to finish it. Uh, anyways. That will well, that'll wrap up the TV segment for now. If we get back to it later on the show, Trevor, then so be it. But now we need to turn our attentions a little bit to UK basketball recruiting. We'll, we'll, we'll do this now, and then we'll head into the break. We'll come back, talk football, and then we'll have the last 30 minutes, last segment of the show to, to talk about whatever we, whatever we want, whatever we don't get to. Maybe some masters, maybe a little of this, maybe a little of that. That's a scary thought. I know it. It always is, and I know a lot of people that probably tuned in looking to hear sports are saying, "Well, we're in the fifteenth minute now, and we haven't even heard a sports name." They, they clearly have never tuned into the show before. <laughs> I know. Okay, so the big news today: Mike Thorne Jr., the grad transfer from Charlotte, will be checking out Kentucky. He's going to take a visit to Lexington on April twenty fourth. I believe, maybe the 25th. I just got off the phone with him like two hours ago, so I probably should know this. But 24th or 25th, he'll be in Lexington for two days. It will likely be his last visit. He's going to visit Kansas just a day or two before. Recently just visited Pittsburgh, also planning to visit Illinois. So logic would probably tell you it's going to come down to Kentucky and Kansas. Both those schools, uh, both Kentucky and Kansas, are going to need a big guy. Uh, they can offer playing time. Thorne Jr. told me that he's looking for a school where the coach can get him to the NBA. Well, duh, Kentucky, Kansas. That makes it seem like those two are very likely. He also said that he wants to be able to play, though. He said playing time is going to be very important to him because this is his last year. This is his one shot. If he's going to be a grad transfer, he doesn't want to go to a school where he's got to sit the bench and only get 12 to 15 minutes per game. So that makes you wonder a little bit if Kentucky will be a realistic option because regardless, they're going to have Scalabissier. They're going to have Marcus Lee. Now, if that was it, then I think that's an easy sell and Mike Thorne Jr. ends up as a Wildcat next season. Six foot 11, 270 pounds. This is kind of weird to say, Trevor, for a guy that's 6'11", 270 pounds, but he's pretty athletic, runs the floor really well. He's long. Uh, I watched a lot of clips on him today. Well, maybe not a lot, but I watched several clips on him today. Uh, very, very active, but raw offensively, uh, but moves down the floor well. 
when he's when he's on the floor, he's he's doing something. Uh, whether you know it's defending, he's not a great shot blocker, but he makes opponents take difficult shots over him. He's a good player. So if it's just Scalabissier and Marcus Lee on UK's roster, I I, I would feel very good about UK's chances to land Mike Thorne Jr. He'd now, come off the bench, I assume. Correct. I I don't know. I don't know. It, it really will depend on how Marcus Lee, how he progresses. Because uh, the thing I like about Mike Thorne is he's going to be able to be a, a defender that's going to be able to guard another bruiser. And I'm not sure if Marcus Lee will be able to do that. I'm not even sure if Scalabissier will do it. Labissier has still put put on a ton of muscle and some weight since the last time I saw him. And I, I, I this is coming from me seeing him on TV at the Nike Hoop Summit game. But he he. He looks stronger. He looks bigger, but he's still pretty lanky. Uh, you know, he's got some good definition to him, but he's still not a, a huge guy. So, uh, for example, and I, you know, I know he's heading to the pros, but let's say there's a Julia Locafor type center, a center that can bang, likes to put his body into somebody, a Carl Anthony Towns type center. I'm not sure Labissier or Marcus Lee could do a great job defending him. Their last resort would be, okay, I'm going to block the shot. You're going to be able to put me where you want on the court, but I'm going to block your shot. Uh, Thorne would be a body, a, a guy and a player where you couldn't really move him around. So I don't know if he would come off the bench, Trevor. It really would depend on what Marcus Lee does in the offseason. Uh, uh, I would say Thorne right now is probably a better offensive player than Marcus Lee, but we could see how Lee progresses. Uh, it'd be interesting. Now, this is, again, I, I think if Kentucky can just add two frontcourt players, really regardless of who they are, I think you're looking at a, a very dominant frontcourt for next season. So let's say you could add Steven Zimmerman with Thorne. That gives John Calipari a ton of options, both offensively, defensively. Uh, that, would be, that would be the best-case scenario, but I kind of get the sense, and you can read my story on catsillustrated.com, not, uh, you know, not so shameless plug, but – you get the sense after after my conversation with Mike that he doesn't want to have to share a ton of minutes. So if Kentucky gets another big guy to commit before he does, then I, I, I think the Mike Thorne train could head on over to Kansas and, and he could be a solid player there. It'll be interesting to see. But that's the news of the day in terms of recruiting. Now there's some other news, some interesting stuff that really, even as a basketball recruiting analyst for me, I don't know what to, to make of. Uh, there is reports out there, and uh, I'm not, I, I haven't spoken with him yet. I'm, I'm waiting to hear back from him. But Dazon Ingram from Alabama, he was Alabama Mr. Basketball, committed to Alabama under Anthony Grant. He uh, decommitted from Alabama when Grant was fired. And opened up his recruitment, and got a phone call from John Calipari this weekend. Uh, he is a shooting guard, six foot four. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of him, again, from besides just a few clips, because why? You know, there hasn't been a, really a reason for me to watch him. He's a three-star. Kentucky could be interested. And Trevor, to me, this shows that John Calipari is, is kind of trying to cover all bases, make sure he doesn't get left out with nobody else. And to me, that's the only reason why you would have him going after this three-star player. Not really going after, because I don't know if they are going after, but at least keeping an eye on him. Was this also is this more of a trying to fill the roster type move 
to go after a lower level guy, especially with uh, the kid out of Drexel kind of dropping Kentucky off his list? Well, he didn't drop. He did. He did technically. And we're talking about Damian Lee, and I was going to yeah. go to that too. Damian Lee did drop Kentucky off his list, but as far as I'm concerned, and the people I spoke with, Kentucky never even looked into him, which is head scratching to me. You've got this. You've got a big hole at the three position for Kentucky, and here comes this grad transfer that averaged 20 points or however many points he averaged at Trexel. He's six six, shot over 40 percent from three. Can really do it all. Can put it on the floor too. He's right there, looking for a good program where he can play a lot. Because that's anything. That's what a grad transfer wants. He wants three things. He wants one more exposure so he can get to the NBA. Two, he wants to play more competitive games on a bigger stage. So tournament games, uh, games on CBS, and that kind of goes with you know the, the more exposure. But he wants to have a tournament run. And three, he's going to want playing time so he can take advantage of those three things. Kentucky could have offered all three of those things to Lee, uh, but as far as I was concerned, they didn't reach out to him. And he cut his list. I don't have it in front of me, Trevor, but I think it's Arizona, Louisville, Maryland, Gonzaga, and Marquette, I think is the fifth going off the top of my head. Uh, Whoever gets him, any of those teams really, will get drastically better. That can turn Gonzaga into a legit contender where they weren't this year. Marquette's bringing in Henry Ellison, who's a really good freshman. Uh, That would make them kind of a fun team to watch in the Big East. Arizona, they'd be a title contender. Maryland, certainly a title contender, maybe a favorite to cut down the nets. And then Louisville, I don't know if that would push them to title contender status, but I think Louisville's kind of in this middle stage of, hey, are we going to have a disappointing season or can we compete? I think if you have Lee, you compete. Now, to what level, we'd have to see. If he's, uh, if it's about playing time, unless he's moving to the two, if he's a two-three and he, he could possibly be, you mentioned him as a three, I would think Gonzaga wouldn't be, would be last on that list being the fact that they have a pretty set front line already in place for next year, especially at the three with Kyle Wiltshire. Yeah, it, it would. Now, their backcourt's a whole other story. They lost everybody out of the backcourt. It'll be interesting. He, you know, he's got options, and I, I think ultimately he'll go to one of the bigger schools on his list. As uh, I guess you'd put Maryland in that conversation, but I, I would guess it'd be Maryland, Louisville, or Arizona. Maybe an emphasis on Arizona. We'll have to see. Uh, it, it'll be I, again. I don't know why Kentucky wouldn't look into him. If I was John Calipari, I would have. Again, I always say this though: John Calipari doesn't need my help recruiting. He does pretty well, anyways. But you know, maybe that says that UK thinks they're in a good spot with Jalen Brown or Brandon Ingram. I, I with Jalen Brown, I don't think UK is in a good spot with Brandon Ingram. Maybe eh, they could be. But let's talk about the other Ingram for a second before we head to commercial break. So he tweeted that he had a conversation with John Calipari, Dazon, Dazon Ingram. Uh, but there's this. So I did my. I started doing my research on him, watching some highlights, Trevor, and I came across this article that uh, Dan McDonald, who writes for Rivals.com, he's one of the national basketball recruiting analysts, does a really good job. Uh, but he wrote this story back in October when he when when Ingram was down to four schools: Alabama, Houston, UAB, and Wichita State. I, I just thought this quote was really funny, and I wanted to share it with you, Trevor. Uh, he told he told McDonald, "I like Alabama." They're supposed to be putting in a new offense this year, and he's talking about this past season with with uh, Anthony Grant. And so he said, they're supposed to be putting in a new offense this year. I didn't really think Coach Grant had a personality at first, but once I got to know him, he's a good guy. <laughs> Is that not funny to you? It's it's, it's amusing, yes. I, I, I didn't fall out of my chair, but I did find it kind of funny. 
you don't really hear kids say that that much, saying that a coach doesn't have a personality based off a coach that really doesn't seem to have a personality. So uh, he was telling it like he was. He ended up committing to Anthony Grant, and then once Anthony Grant was like, oh, I guess he wanted uh, maybe a coach with not so much personality. Avery Johnson maybe a little too much for him. So uh, we'll, we'll talk more about Ingram. That's another name to watch. Again, I think if this too is— Too much personality is, is a turnoff. I can't imagine he'd go to Kentucky. That's a good point. Uh, that's that's a good point. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on him. I think this is the backup option of all backup options. Not that Ingram can't play because I really think he can. I think he actually is really good and, and underrated and had a really, really good senior year. So back in October when you hear that he was down to Alabama, Houston, UAB, and Wichita State, you think, this guy has no business playing for Kentucky. Uh, he, he, he turned a lot more heads during his senior season. Uh, but I, I think that that's just John Calipari not wanting to end up with just a backcourt of Briscoe, Ulis, Hawkins, and Newman, which actually I think is an okay backcourt. Uh, but they're looking at, they're at least interested in Ingram to some capacity. So that's kind of the recruiting news. We're going to talk more about this later. We need to head to commercial break now. We'll come back, have Alex Forkner on, switch gears to UK football, spring practice underway, what quarterbacks are standing out. Uh, talk a little pigskin here after the break here on 1450 the sports bus stick around You're listening to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. I don't know how this guy keeps his mind on baseball with all the paternity suits and all. I think those are parking tickets. <laughs> yeah. We're back. Second segment here, 1450 Sports Buzz. It may not feel like football's just around the corner, but it'll be here before we know it. Just through a short summer spring practices wrapping up for Kentucky. They had an opened practice and, and, and some scrimmage action on Saturday. Alex Forkner, Rivals.com, CatsIllustrated.com, co-worker. How are you, Alex? Doing pretty good, TJ. How are you doing on this beautiful day? No, allergies acting up a little bit, so disappointed in that, but in, in the new house and, and excited about that, so... Uh, how was how was things in Lexington on Saturday? There won't be any true spring game for UK, uh, but they did have this open practice. What did you? What, what what's were some of the things that stood out? Uh, well, number one was just how solid Patrick Tolles looks overall. Um, I mean, Drew Barker didn't look bad by any any stretch of the imagination, but um, I mean, Patrick Tolles really threw the ball really well, better than I expected him to. Uh, a lot of a lot of good well-thrown deep balls, uh, some great catches by his wide receivers too. But um, just really looked confident out there, was, was vocal, uh, seemed like the leader that uh, the coaching staff wants him to become. Uh, Drew Barker wasn't bad, like I said. He, he threw a couple interceptions. One was on a tip pass by linebacker Ryan Flanagan. The other, I mean, was just a really great play by uh, Josh Forrest. He 
middle linebacker Josh Forrest just jumped an inside route and came up with a great catch. But um, he, he didn't quite stand out to me as much as Tolls did. Interesting. And everybody might have their preferences on quarterbacks. Uh, Tolls certainly has the experience standpoint. Uh, but Barker, you know, as a highly, highly coveted recruit, a lot of people would like to see uh, him stand out. Did you go, and I, I probably should know this, but did you go to the media opportunity today or did Brett cover that? Uh, Brett was there for me this morning. He, he texted me at 9 o'clock this morning and said he had it covered, so he was there. Good deal. Well, Dawson had a quote today that uh, that kind of stood out to me, basically saying that the only thing that Patrick Tolles has over Drew Barker is experience, which would almost make me think that maybe Dawson prefers Barker, and if not prefers, maybe uh, maybe it's closer of a 50-50 shot than we thought. I, I think that they're going to look at both options, but Tolles has the leg up in the competition. Do you think this really could come down to – Maybe opening game like it has the last three, two to three years for UK football? Yeah, well, Mark Stoops was saying today, I, I got on catsillustrated.com, House of Blue, and read, you know, read the transcripts that Brett posted. Um, I mean, Stoops was saying today that, you know, they're, they're thinking about uh, closing in on a decision soon. He sees the value of, of naming a starter early and seeing that guy said it's probably more important to the media and the fans to do that. But, um, you know, it it could linger again, um, and even if uh, they named the starter, um, you know, going into fall camp, that doesn't mean one guy could overtake him. I mean, you got you got to go with who you think gives you the best chance to win. Um, I think they feel good about both guys. Stoops has said repeatedly that you know they feel like both guys are improving, and like you said, Shannon Dawson saying that uh, Tolles has the advantage of having a little bit more experience and. Um, you know, I think that's a big advantage. Uh, uh, has played in, in SEC games. He knows what to expect. And, um, you know, I think, I think he's used that to improve this spring. And, you know, he should continue to improve this summer and, and might have a shot to be the guy again. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. And it, it just seems clear-cut to me that unless one quarterback starts to dominate throughout the year, there's always going to be questions uh, one question coming from Clayby116, Alex. He wants to know, have you heard anything about Reese Phillips and his recovery? Uh, well, he was out uh, in a walking boot on uh, on Saturday, just in, you know, in a jersey and shorts in that walking boot. Um, I think when the injury happened, they, they said that they would expect him to be back uh, for fall camp. Uh, I haven't really got any updates about that, but um, you know, at, at, at this point, he'd, he'd probably be the clear number three in the competition, obviously. Yeah, I think it's clear that he's behind the other two, uh, but wish for a speedy recovery for him. And, and, and you certainly have want to have more than two quarterbacks uh, heading into a season because we know how SEC can go and how injuries can pile up. So we'll keep an eye on him. Uh, Alex, when people ask me, and, and you cover more UK football than I do, but people ask me about the defense, is it going to be significantly worse? You're losing Bud Dupree, you're losing Zadarius Smith. Uh, and, and while those are two huge losses, every, basically everybody else returns, with the exception of Nate Willis and maybe some other guys here and there. But everybody else returns and is going to be a year older, a year more experienced, a year better. Uh, what do you make of the defense? What did you see Saturday? What were some of the things that, that jumped out at you? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's going to be a similar situation uh, 
as last year's defense, you know, Avery Williamson was probably maybe not the best player because Bud Dupree was on that team with Avery Williamson, but definitely the leader of the defense, the most experienced guy on the team. You know, when he left, um, you, you lose that, you know, core player, but the next season the overall defense was improved. And I think that's sort of the same thing here. You're losing Bud Dupree, but every other position I think has gotten stronger, getting getting more experience. Uh, I think the secondary will be much improved, which I'm sure Kentucky fans are looking forward to. The, uh, the safety position, Mark Stoops seems uh, especially excited about that, to have, actually have some depth and some, some good athletes back there. Uh, cornerbacks, you, it's probably one of the more experienced positions on the team. Uh, you know that uh, the cornerbacks struggled at times for Kentucky's defense. And then uh, the middle linebacker position, Josh Forrest is going to be you know much improved than he was last year, and he, he led Kentucky in tackles last year. Mark Stoops said he needs to get a little bit better in run defense, but he's an excellent, excellent in pass coverage. They're excited about Ryan Flanagan at, uh, at weak side linebacker. And, you know, Jason Hatcher is no slouch on the edge there. He, he should be good. Uh, Melvin Lewis, uh, I think he has the potential to play in the NFL one day. Um, and then you got a lot of young guys that should step in. Denzel Ware after his redshirt year last year, they're excited about him. So I think overall the U.K. defense, it, it won't have as many holes as it did last year. It relied a lot on Bud Dupree. Uh, and Zadarius Smith, but I, I think I think you'll see a jump in performance on that side of the ball. They they looked pretty strong on Saturday. They had some they made some plays. Blake McLean looked looked real well. Um, had a great open field tackle on Boom Williams, and I think we all know how tough it is to bring him down in, in the open field. But um, so I, I think I think there'll be some improvement there. It's it's really tough to figure out, and nobody may know until we see them on the field versus another team that's not wearing blue and white. Uh, and, and Blake McLean, I think he could have an all all SEC defender type of year. Uh, certainly a player to keep an eye on. And you mentioned Boom Williams, and that's where I was going to go next. And we were talking with Alex Forkner of Rivals and CatsIllustrated.com. Uh, Boom is a guy, and the running back depth isn't. There's not. A, there's not a lot of. Not a, lot, not a lot of bodies there at that position. So Boone Williams is a guy that a lot of U.K. fans are keen in on to have a big year. How did he look on Saturday? I, I don't think he broke any huge runs, uh, but I know that he was consistent and, and looked solid. But what did you see from your from your perspective from the uh, from Stanley Boone Williams? Yeah, you mentioned that lack of depth. It was, it was real thin on Saturday because uh, JoJo Kemp was out with an illness and Michael Horton was out, uh, too. I'm not sure. I think it was an ankle for him that was keeping him out. Um, so, really, it was Boom Williams and some walk-ons in the backfield all day on Saturday. And, um, you know, Boom looked solid. I mean, he's, he's, even his eight- to nine-yard runs, which he had a lot of on Saturday, are, are entertaining to watch. He's, he's got such, such, a, such good balance. You know, his center of gravity is really great. He's, he's sort of like one of those blow-up dolls that you, you hit and it comes, it comes right back up. You know what I'm talking about? Um, <laughs> I know what but, you're talking uh, about when you say blow-up dolls. No, we're come on, TJ. I thought this was a family <laughs> show. Go on. But, but anyway, let's get back on track here. He, he looked good, and um, he, he sheds tackles with ease. Uh, he's, he's strong. We saw him have the ability to you know, carry some defenders last year. On his touchdown run, uh, which was you know well blocked, it wasn't all Boom Williams, but he made a great read 
and bounce it outside and, you know, could have, could have, uh, walked backwards into the end zone from about two yards out. So, um, you mentioned Blake McLean having, you know, a gr- possibility, possibility having a great year, uh, this coming season. I think Boom Williams, uh, even though he had a, a pretty big year last year, I think he's going to make a leap and, and really open some eyes all around the country, let alone the SEC. I think he could be one of the more explosive players in the SEC, and that's saying a lot. Uh, but we'll have to keep an eye on him. Uh, before we let you go, Alex, we're going to do that fun thing where I ask you a few questions, and you can only give me one-word answers. You ready to play? All right. I've been practicing. Let's do it. All right. Uh, UK defensive MB- MVP. Football, Stamp. obviously. Who was it? AJ Stamps, which is two okay. words, but that's his name. Uh, <laughs> that works. Uh, offensive MVP. I'm going to go Boom Williams, which is two words. (laughs) NBA MVP. Now, this is a good one. Hmm. Steph. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, Alex, let's learn a little something about you. What's your favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas. What's your favorite office character? Uh, Creed. That's good. That's good. And what is one word to describe UK's 2014-2015 basketball season? Um, incredible. Incredible. And with one word, it's kind of hard to, to sum that up because you could use a lot of them. All right, Alex Forkner, as always, a pleasure. You did a great job. Uh, and I feel that we all learned a little something more about UK football. So look forward to chatting with you. I'm sure I'll see you or at least text you in the coming days. So thanks a lot for joining us. All right, bud. See you later. Adios. And make sure you, you follow Alex Forkner on Twitter, a, at A Forkner Rivals. Uh, Captain Arctic tweets in and says that was an ep- epic moment in the sports walker. Sports walker? Talker? Sports walker talker? Blow up dolls. Trevor texted in and said that he's the pervert of the show. Uh, here's, you know, and I don't know if people are going to believe me or not. I don't really care. Uh, when I, and this is, I swear it's 100% true. When I think of blow up dolls, and this is where we're at on the show, I mean, this is just typical. But when I think of blow up dolls, I don't think of sex blow up dolls. But growing up, Trevor, my mom would spend tons of money on Halloween decorations. She'd go all out on Halloween decorations. Our house would be the goofiest looking house on the block. Uh, and she would buy these <laughs> buy these blow-up dolls to dress in scary Halloween stuff and stick them all throughout the yard. Uh, they, 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 they really weren't sex blow-up dolls, I promise you that. They were just your normal human blow-up dolls. I don't know what anybody would use them for besides this function. Uh, they were just white skin colored. They were, they didn't have hands or fingers. It was just kind of like a blow up doll that you throw in a pool or something. Uh, they didn't really have any faces. So when I think of blow up dolls, Trevor, that's what I think of. I, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. I'm just not going to say one word. That's the, the smartest decision I've ever made on this show. So, the, so really, because I have so many questions that I don't think that are, a are allowed by the SEC or b just appropriate in general. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, we 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 have started to go down a uh, a wormhole that we probably don't want to go down any further. Um, but you could tell Alex was a little, you know, he, he, react, little, he reacted like you do when I say something. <laughs> he was a little flu- he was a little flustered. Uh, but uh, that's okay. That's that's good stuff. Is Alex not a, a of, he's not as perverted as possibly I or I guess I'm now learning you are. I'm not. I just it, it was. You grew you up with blow up dolls, TJ. He kept he kept talking about blow up dolls, and they're not they're not blow up dolls. They're bags. They're uh, they're. I mean, that'd be nice. They can have a name. <laughs> they're 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 they're. I don't even know if they have air in them. The thing that he's talking about. Well, that sounds like something new that Wallowitz would have invented on Big Bang Theory. <laughs> Anyways, um, I I don't. Here we are. I guess this would probably be a good time for a commercial break. Welcome to summer. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the beginning of it. And we're having a good five-minute conversation on blow-up dolls. Captain Arctic likes where it was going, though. Uh, So he might be disappointed with this commercial break. We'll be back here, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Hang around. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned for Sega. We're back. John texts into the show and says that talking about blow up dolls, you're doing. Your best to replace John Renshaw, and he likes it. I was wondering, when setting up the blow-up dolls for practice, you think Stoops was like Frank in old school? He was like, okay, guys, we going uh, sexy nurse or French maid today? <laughs> I uh, to, to That would be a tame day on the old John Renshaw shows, Trevor. Any day where there was only less than three dumps is a tame day with John Renshaw. <laughs> Exactly. And, and this reminded me of, of this story of, of Renshaw. And I used to listen to him uh, in high school and, you know, up until he, he didn't have a show in Louisville anymore. And he even had, I guess he had the time slot that I had now. So I, I feel honored in a sense because I used to love listening to him. And there's like a group of five or six of my high school friends where we'd listen to him every day after school. And I'd call in and, uh, we'd always go back and forth, and it was just it, it was it was fun. And now, I don't want to say when he was local, or is this when he was nationally being played in Louisville? This was when he was local. Okay, I'm I'm getting out the age difference because I remember when he was in out of Kansas City with Arnie and uh, Big pa- uh, 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 Papa Joe Shabai listening as as a national host. That's when I first started hearing him. That was back in 2011, right? No, that was back in like 96, 97, 98. Oh, okay. Okay. So, okay. That's when I first met him at the uh, Trixie's for a derby party back in 99. <laughs> Jeez. 
<laughs> so, and then he came back. But then he did a show when he was back in Kansas City or somewhere else where he skyped in on Houston. Uh, on, okay, okay. Uh, so that's where that's where I got confused. But anyways, this is when he was in Louisville. This I guess was in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. So there was a group of my friends where we listened religiously every day, uh, and, and he was the station. The the lineup we had. Uh, or that you all had, Trevor, was the best, one of the best in Louisville, one of the best possible. Uh, but we were talking about getting out there for an on-location broadcast. We just didn't know where we wanted to go. Um, I don't remember exactly who you were all sponsors were back in the day, but you know we didn't want to go to a car dealership because we just didn't want to sit around like losers uh, watching a, a radio broadcast. Not that people that do that are, um, because they're 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 certainly not, but we were seventeen year old kids, sixteen year old kids. We just felt like we would have came off as kind of goofy. So we wanted to go to a place where we were able to eat, enjoy it, have some entertainment, uh, and a good time. So finally, it worked out where we were able to go somewhere. It was one of your old sponsors. You were doing an on location spot. It was a food place, great food. Uh, we go there, and it's finally the first commercial break. We wanted to go up to John and be like, "Hey, we're some of the idiots that call in all the time. Wanted to say hi to you all." Trevor, that's when Renshaw got the call that his show was actually going to be canceled. Oh, uh, I know where you were at, and I was there that day. I thought you might be there. Yes, I was. I was, I was supposed I to do thought- a show following him with uh, two other uh, sports personalities that are no longer with us. So I was, we were there, and like we just wanted to say hey, and I think you all were giving out T-shirts, and, and we ended up getting a T-shirt. So the trip wasn't all that bad for us. But Renshaw was just like, this might not be the day for you all to come out here and uh, talk to us. But that's the business, man, you know? We didn't even finish that show. The, the, the higher-ups in Atlanta got so aggravated because when the news leaked in the show before ours uh, from Zach McCright, we were trying to keep it silent all day. We had uh, heard about it earlier that morning at our station. And Zach, uh, on his show, the one previous to us, it finally got leaked out. And it wasn't his fault. It just people just started, you know how the information is. And he finally, yeah. he finally said, okay, it's true. This is the last day, blah, blah, blah. And the, our lo- God love our, our fan base, you included at that time, blew up the Cumulus offices in Atlanta, just complaining, aggravated, upset. Cumulus got so mad, they pulled, us, pulled the plug halfway through Renshaw's show that day and said, you know what, just go now. You're done. And I didn't even get to do my last show following Renshaw's on that location. I was so aggravated. Wow. That's Obviously, so I didn't know the end of that, but I just I remember. I think you, you it might have been that phone call that said just to quit the show that uh, you know cold turkey like that. Uh, and we were <laughs> we were just these you know bright eyed kids wanted to say hey to you all. And um, you know I, I didn't know at the time I wanted to be in radio, but I always thought maybe it was a possibility. And then Rinchel was just I mean, was just like guys, it might not be the best day to do a little meet and greet. And uh, it, it certainly wasn't. But that you did you catch know. him on a sober day. He had, I believe he he was sober that afternoon. So that was a good thing. <laughs> it's like that, find, it's like that, finding a four leaf clover sometimes. <laughs> I guess that is a good thing. Oh, anyways, those those were the days. And then now you've got me on the air talking about blow up dolls and other other types of nonsense. But um, so I guess our our past cross way back when, Trevor. I did no idea. I'm sure I was. I'm sure I was nice to you. I'm sure I didn't. Uh, be wasn't mean to you at all. I'm sure I was. Pro- I was probably a smart. You know what? But I, I, I'm sure I wasn't mean. Again, I, I don't recall our encounter, but I'm sure we probably said hey or or whatever it may be. Uh, but anyways, we are. We, we're gonna have to go to another break here momentarily. I did see 
a uh, a GIF on Twitter floating around of a I, I'm guessing a college student, an underage by, college. By the student. way, isn't it GIF? Nope, it's GIF. The guy said it's a soft G. I'm a, I, I, I preach this to anybody I have this conversation to. When you see a dot GIF, it is pronounced a GIF. Now this was this was actually a bit on the Big Bang. I don't know if you watch Big Bang Theory at all. I, I do. I'm, oh, I'm a guilty pleasure. And it was actually a, a, a bit on their uh, recent show, this, their new one this weekend, where they made the, the argument that the G stands for graphics. So how is it a GIF? And if G stands for graphic, wouldn't it be a hard G and a GIF? I, I you know what you can you can look into the reasoning, all of it, whatever you want. But the guy who in- invented it, they the, asked him. The Steel Hollowitz's really... joke. You mean the Jai and not Guy? He, he well quit quit, and he didn't even seem to care. Uh, but he said, I- "I've always called it a GIF." So the guy that creates it gets to make up how you pronounce it. Yeah, that's, that's, you say GIF, I'm gonna think peanut, peanut butter. Okay, I'm just telling you right now. Well, you go on and do that, and and now you know what, Trevor. I wanted to explain what GIF I was looking at. But we spent so much time going back and forth. Uh, we're gonna head to commercial, and people are gonna have to wait. But what a you know what a tease that is! <laughs> Just to find out what I'm talking about, you're gonna have to wait till after the commercial break. Uh, they're on uh, they're on the edge of their seats uh, with bated breath at this moment, or it's they're ye- or they're yelling at you on one side of the room, going, "It's GIF, you moron! No, it's uh, GIF. <laughs> it it is definitely GIF." Uh, but we will – this is spring and summer radio. It should be a great, great next few months. Stick around here on 1450 The Sports Buzz to find out what I'm talking about. Do you know Vince Vaughn? Have you ever met him? No. I really feel like we get along well. I just, I, I, he seems like a fun guy. You know, I feel like we'd like hang together well. Mm-hmm. I feel like he'd like me. You know, I'm sure a lot of guys are like, ah, I'd like to hang out with that. But I really think he would want to hang out with me is like the cool thing. I'm sure he would, yeah. Now, back to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker. Trevor, I'm loving the, uh, the outro TV music, Game of Thrones, House of Cards, and then The Office. Yeah, but I don't. That that's the limit of my television knowledge that you like. Because otherwise, if I went with just something I like, it'd be a lot of '80s. I love the old old school '80s TV themes. So we don't get those anymore. Like, I, I, I blame Seinfeld for that. Seinfeld was one of the first shows I remember dumping the whole special theme intro theme song and going to just kind of a quick musical theme or intro. And since then, you just don't see a lot of good, you know, shows like Charles in Charge or Growing Pains or, you know, Saved by the Bell or Step by Step. or any show, Shows don't have those great theme songs to open up them anymore. I miss those days. Well, you can always, there's, well, yeah, we'll, we'll get back to this conversation. Some, a little bit of breaking news. John Calipari on Twitter confirms that Barry Rorson, Slice, as they call him, will leave Kentucky for the St. John's job. Uh, this is not really, it, although it's breaking news that it officially happened uh, over the past five days, it had seemed that the wind was blowing Slice back to New York, where that's home for him. Uh, so he will join Mullen's staff 
at St. John's, uh, a great hire for them, a great recruiter, even a better guy. Uh, I haven't really gotten the, I haven't gotten a vibe for what kind of X and O and developing type of coach he was, because usually you find that stuff out later, years or two later, and get to talk to some of the floor, former players. But I'm sure he did a fine job there, anyways. And also having Kenny Payne and John Robick, he, he his, his focus probably was on recruiting more than anything else. But a very good guy. I've had a chance to speak with him tons of time. Uh, easily the most approachable assistant coach that I've ever seen at Kentucky since certainly since John Calipari has been there uh, probably even before Billy Gillespie and maybe even just the tubby days nice if he saw you out if he saw you at a game he'd say hello ask how you're doing but he'll move on to St. John's John Calipari wanted to congratulate him I'm going to read just some of these tweets from Calipari I'm sure you probably follow him on Twitter but maybe you're driving uh, he wanted to congratulate him on the opportunity at St. John's uh, when he talked to me about the offer, they both got emotional. They've known each other for 30 years. Uh, he loved UK. He loved Lexington. At the end of the day, it was an offer in every way, including going home that Slice couldn't pass up on. Uh, and uh, as we do with players and staff, when these things arise, I want our family to be to do what's right for them. So he couldn't be happier for Barry Orson. So Cats will be looking for an assistant, and I think they already have him found. Trevor, I'm sure they're probably just going to promote with it. I, I'm sure they're probably just going to promote Tony Barbie, uh, who had a administrative role on the basketball team. I'm sure they're just going to make him an official assistant. Uh, maybe pay him what they were paying him already. He's still getting some money from Auburn. I imagine. I imagine that they that that's what they'll do, uh, and and that will officially allow him to. Uh, recruit, which he wasn't able to do before then. So, not a great few weeks for Kentucky basketball, or not a great few, I guess, 10 days for Kentucky basketball. Perfect season comes to an end. Duke wins a championship. Now Slice moving to St. John's. Recruiting certainly seems, I'm not saying that it's bad news on recruiting, but it haven't had any good recruiting news lately. And then, of course, you lose seven players to the NBA draft. So, Barry Orson, the, the, the newest one and done at Kentucky. And uh, I'll miss him from just a talking standpoint, but, you know, he, he wants to go home to New York. Uh, for Kentucky fans wondering, what does that mean for recruiting? Well, it doesn't mean you have a great pipeline in the Northeast anymore or the Mid-Atlantic with, with New York and New Jersey. Uh, you, they, Slice was a big reason Isaiah Briscoe came to Kentucky. I don't think that was the only reason Isaiah Briscoe came to U.K., I think he probably would have came there without Slice being there. But now UK moves on. Uh, and again, I'm sure Tony Barbie will slide in that role. Tony Barbie, a, a good recruiter. It got him that job at UTEP, Trevor, way back when, maybe 2005, 2006, when he took over that job. Um, it helped get him the job at Auburn. Wasn't able to recruit that well down there. And coaching certainly didn't work out with him and the Tigers. Uh, but I, I think it's a good fit. I don't think UK is skipping that much of a beat. And, and really what John Calipari is selling sells itself at this point. Um, again, not able to confirm that Tony Barbie will just slide into that role. But certainly something to keep an eye on. If there was an option B and it wasn't Tony Barbie, who would it be then? Would it be an outside, another outside? Would it be another possible promotion? Or would is there someone on the outside that you think that Kentucky would maybe have their eye on? It would... 
be uh, it would be an outside hire. I don't. I, I would have to think about who it could possibly be. It would have been a nice year for UK if if Josh Pastner could have gotten fired from Memphis. You know, and, and he was he was on the hot seat. Don't worry, he'll be on the hot seat again next year. I'm sure. You you laugh, but he was on the hot seat. That no, I, I'm laughing because you're like it'd have been nice if he'd gotten fired. It just sounded well, so evil, but yet I get what you meant. It, it would have been. It would have been. It would have worked out well for. For Kentucky, had it had all that gone, it worked that way. But uh, but as you have it, I, I think Tony Barbie, if, if that's what UK decides to do, that's that's fine. Again, with John Calipari selling, you don't need another assistant to do that. But you need you do need people that that are okay living on the road, doing whatever it has to take. Uh, and Tony Barbie has proven that he's okay doing those things. So we'll see. We'll see how it works out for UK. Uh, so some some breaking news there as Slice heads back home to St. John's. And the interesting thing, Trevor, is UK is going after a guy named Czech Diallo. Uh, he's a six foot nine, very athletic forward, uh, shot blocker, can run the floor like a gazelle. Just just a really really talented freak athlete. I'm actually he's familiar down. with him. What's that? I'm actually familiar with him. Good, good. He's down to, and he's been down to this five for the longest time, but he's considering Iowa State, Kansas, Pittsburgh, Kentucky, and St. John's. Now, since Slice has been recruiting him, he recruited him at Pittsburgh. He recruited him at Kentucky, and you better believe that they're going to try to keep him home because he he lives in New York. You better believe they're going to try to keep him home at St. John's. Uh, And, and, you know, I'm sure that Mullins would want Slice and Barry Rorson regardless, but I'm sure that also had a played a role in it because he's got a great relationship with Czech Diallo and his family. He, uh, Slice even learned how to speak a little French for, for Czech Diallo. Uh, so and I'm 90% sure that Czech Diallo is from Senegal. I could be wrong about that. I'm trying to look it up because it's going to bother me. Mate... Man, I just have hometown center reach New York, which is I'm assuming well, that, where he's at now. That's where he lives. I've written about this a thousand times. But wherever he's from, uh, he uh, his ho- his home country speaks French. So, so there. Be a nice splash for Chris Mullen, who, despite the popularity maybe the higher amongst their fan bases, oh. has received kind of a backlash. I think nationally because it's it seems like almost like a gimmick hire for St. John's to do. To me, it does at it, least. It it, it kind of does, and it, it's it's Molly is where he's from. The drug? No, 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 Trevor. That Isn't that where Wes Welker's from? That made me oh, that made me mad. I didn't know that. I've written about that story a thousand times. I've never even heard. I didn't know Molly was like. Where, where is Molly? Is that M A L I? And I'm pretty sure it's on the coast of West Africa. Okay, it's a French-speaking country. Uh, so Slice learned how to speak French to kind of impress him. Um, you know, whatever. do you speak any foreign languages, TJ? No, I, I took probably ten years of Spanish between grade school and two years in high school, but. And I can understand bits and p- if I would have stuck with it in college, I, I would be fine at it. Not great, but I'd be fine at it. Um, it's kind of passed me by a little bit. I still know a little bit here and there. But I took a different language every year in high school because I failed Spanish. So next year I was like, well, screw that. I'm going to take French. Failed that. 
Then my junior, I took Latin, despite people telling me it was probably a toughest language. I didn't believe them, mainly because I thought we were just going to watch movies about Julius Caesar. And I, of course, even though I had a Latin Club T-shirt that I didn't earn, I did fail Latin as well. Oh, not good for you, man. Uh, I, I, I was always, I was always intrigued by Latin, but never did it. Uh, anyways, it's hard language. So, uh, we'll, we'll get back to slice maybe a little bit later. Back to this GIF, 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 GIF. Do you know? Did you? Do you know what GIF I'm talking about? Uh, I have no idea. No. Okay. Which, Unfortunately, I saw Clay Travis tweet it out, which you know I hate to get stuff from him because I think he's kind of a loser. But we, but but it was interesting. Uh, so I don't know where the, these people are. It looks wet. Everybody kind of looks drunk. It looks like a big college tailgate, uh, and it is a girl, and supposedly she's playing a cop in paper rock scissors. And if she loses, she's going to get an MIP minor in possession. If she wins, no charges. <laughs> and I tweet, I tweeted it out there. Uh, you should go check it out. The look on her face when she finds out that she beats the cop. And she he she lays down rock. She 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 keeps solid with the rock. He goes with scissors. The look on her face is just unbelievable. It's pure excitement. You see the moment of realization that she's not going to get in trouble. Uh, that's what it's all about for the kids, you know, Trevor. This, uh, I like that our, our the the uh, the cop is relying on rock paper scissors whether determined to arrest someone for an illegal activity or not. Yeah, I wonder if the cop's going to get in trouble for this. But here's some other things that stand out about this GIF. When did, and you, you, should... when did you put this uh, GIF slash GIF out there? I'm looking down your timeline right now. You tweet a lot, by the way. Uh, well, I, I tweet a lot, but compared with for my job to be kind of tweeting, it's not necessarily my job. But I tweet a lot less than pretty much every other sports writer. So it's uh, I tweeted it 16 minutes ago, Trevor. It's oh, tough. I'm way down in April 9th. Fourth down. So obviously I don't tweet that much if you're all the way down to April 9th, which was a few days ago. All right. But anyway, some other things that stand out about this GIF is one, good for the cop. He's a man of his word. He probably wasn't going to give the girl an MIP regardless because if he's playing those fun games with her, he's probably just messing with her. Uh, so they, they mosey on out of there after they're done. But the thing that really makes me mad and a lot of stupid college kids do this when you're in college because you're generally drunk most of the time and you do stupid things he starts flicking off the cops as they're walking away and the video is only about five seconds long so you don't get to see what happens but this cop could have just arrested you at least given you a citation an expensive ticket for minor in possession which it looks like there's everybody drinking there. She looks and I'm like sure. she won the the, uh, the grand prize on like Price is Right after she wins this. Her friends just, hugging it's, her. <laughs> it's pure joy. Yeah, it's it's almost like she hit like a half court shot as the buzzer went off and didn't think it had any chance to go in, and then her and her friends celebrate like they won the national championship. <laughs> yeah, like this celebration is better than what Gordon Hayward would have done had he hit that shot against Duke. <laughs> I think we can all agree on that. Yes, it's very uh, very entertaining. And but do you notice the guy that you just? There's the two end, of them. There's one that looks like he belongs in Sons of Anarchy, like on one side of her, and the other. There's somebody on the other side of her too that I can see him. He just looks like a regular dude with sunglasses hanging off his shirt. Get both of them are giving him the finger, like telling him, "Like you've lost, get out. This is our territory just, now. We're going to start bonfires and have our way of anarchy." 
it's, it's see that's the disappointing part. The, the cops were cool about this. Maybe they already cited other people. What if the cops just went down the line of underage students and did paper rock scissors to determine their fate? Well, well maybe she was the uh, the chosen one, like Hunger Games. Maybe she was the one determining the entire group. If she had lost, would everyone been arrested? Could you imagine the, the reaction of that gif? Uh, now that would have been funny. That's, uh, that's a that's a fun idea. Just for her to represent, uh, to her to go in as tribute for Hunger Games, but to determine if everybody's going to get arrested or go in the drunk take or get MIPs, uh, she represents everybody. And the celebration afterward, and it's it's just so great. Uh, what makes a great GIF is the it has to have more than one thing going on, and just seeing everybody's reaction and the jaw dropping. Uh, her friend comes in for the hug. Uh, it's great. There's a cop behind her that's just watching it like a spectator, and he sees that his yep. partner's lost. He's like, "Oh well, we're out of here." I'm trying to yeah, determine like, to figure out where this is at. I'm I've sat there and watched this thing now about two dozen times straight. I see the goalpost. I see some red shirts. I, I'm I'm trying to determine. I mean, where could there have been a football game where they would be tearing down a goalpost or something at this point? Clay Travis said that this was at Chili Fest. I don't Whatever know where that, that is. is. Yeah. I don't know what that is either, but they look like they're having a good time. Damn. You ever ever have any close encounters with the cops, Trevor? Uh, <laughs> many. One of my uh, favorites was in Lexington. I was underage. Um, I went to a game with me and my friend. It was Mississippi State and Kentucky. We left at halftime because we were well past intoxication, and we couldn't remember where we parked our car. So we wandered around uh, Lexington near the stadium, Commonwealth Stadium, for about two hours. Ran out of cigarettes. Refused to buy cigarettes because we knew we had some in our car. Uh, finally, after about two hours of walking around, still not knowing where our car is, my friend thought it would be a great idea to ask a police officer roaming around the parking lot because it's cleared out by this point, and thought he'd at, we'd ask him where we parked our car as if he would know. Well, that's stupid. Yes. Well, again, did I mention the intoxication part? He gave me a breathalyzer, luckily didn't ask my age. I failed. He said, sir, you need to wait about another hour and a half, two hours before you drive. And I told him in a smart response, don't worry, sir, that's probably about how long it'll take us to still find our car. And he was nice <laughs> enough to let us go because he knew we had no idea where we parked. And I think he realized in the way we acted and the fact that we'd go up to a cop and ask him where our car is, that we probably aren't going to be finding it anytime soon. We did find it, though. It was in like a veteran's hospital parking garage or something. So you all just couldn't find it because you were too drunk? Yeah, <laughs> hammered. It'd be like one thing if you just, you know, you couldn't find it. You knew where it was. You just couldn't find it. Well, we were a little, little buzzed when we got there, so that didn't help. That's funny. Well, I'm glad it worked out. I'm glad that you all didn't. There's another time I got a citation from the A-team, but we'll save that for another day. Okay. Uh, I, I've got uh, – I've never – you know, I've gotten – some speeding tickets before uh, all expunged. I think I don't know. Maybe not. They get speeding uh, ticket expunged. <laughs> you don't because they had. If you trust me, with how much I drive, they add up, and then you can start getting points on your license and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if they were all expunged, but I know my first one was because they. If you if like your first time speeder or whatever, you just have to take this online class, and they take it away. Um, so I did that. So at least one out of two. Yeah. Two. Speeding tickets more than five. I might've, uh, what, what's that? A speeding ticket more than five. 
I know I have I have under five. I have okay. I think one, two, or three, or uh, two or three. I can't I can't remember. I got uh, one in a car, but it wasn't my fault. The speedometer was broken, so I had no idea how fast I was going. But the cop didn't wasn't nice enough to care about that. He still gave me the ticket. Oh, well, that's I. You know, all the I've heard so many people about. I've heard so many stories about people getting out of speeding tickets, and I've never I've never even had like a conversation where I even had wiggle room. <laughs> in the two or three times those people um, are hot ladies by the way not us <laughs> yeah that's true um but I, I i've got some i've got some other funny citation stories not not regarding me per se but maybe a certain um semi co-host that has been on the sports talker a time or two uh that that has recently struggled in a few of his most recent appearances uh so i'll save those stories for another day i'm sure you all can probably figure out who I'm talking Did about it. Did it involve him trying to use the carpool lane with a blow-up doll? <laughs> it, it didn't do that, unfortunately, but that would have been nice. Um, looking ahead to this week, it we should have full shows for the next few days, uh, which is exciting news. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday all look good. Friday, uh, the horse racing show in the winter circle is going to be from 3 to 5, so it'll be a short show Friday. Uh, but exciting news that we're going to have a full week for the most part. Uh, we're we're going to need some more Twitter interaction from you guys. I know Mondays are generally slow, but uh, look forward to hearing from you all later in the week. We also have a Louisville City FC home game, Trevor, on Thursday, which I'm actually really excited about. Right now, I don't have anything planned for Thursday night, and knowing me, something's going to pop up. But that's at 7.30. Friday is the Louisville football spring game. Saturday, Thunder over Louisville. Uh, it should be a fun weekend for people in Louisville. And if you haven't been out, there's only been one soccer game at home so far. Uh, if you didn't go to that, you're going to want to go to this Thursday. Called by TJ Walker. I, I'm not calling it. I, no, that I said was the one only time. one that we've had. Oh, yeah. Called. yeah, it was. Never forget their only win in program franchise history called by me. Uh, their other game they've played, they've only played two games. They drew the other game one to one. So the only game they've ever won, I called it. Coincidence? Probably not. Uh, but Thursday night, if you haven't been to a game, if you didn't go to the game uh, in late March, get out there to this one because I think it's going to be a good time. We're going to preview that game a little bit and also talk about the atmosphere, the environment, what to expect. Uh, yes, they'll sell beer. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk with somebody either associated with Louisville FC or the Coopers, which is the support group. We'll talk to somebody from them on Thursday. There's going to be a lot of recruiting news, guys, over the next few days. You're not going to want to miss out on the show. That's on their poster, uh, by the way, their promotion poster. And it says, come see the uh, Louisville Soccer Pro Team. And underneath it says, yes, we sell beer. Does it really say that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm I, 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 thought, I thought it might actually say that. But now I know you're, you're, you're lying. That would be funny, though. I think it would be smart. I really, really do. Uh Rob Blackhawk asked me who is my Stanley Cup playoff prediction. Just tell him Chicago and give him what he wants I think to hear. Chicago, I, I don't, I don't, I know uh, Pittsburgh. I don't think is going to make the playoffs this year. I think Boston. I think some maybe traditional powers had some rough years. Uh, I guess Chicago made it. I think they're. I'm sure. Yeah, Chicago made it. Do you, do you have a favorite NHL team? Maybe, maybe Pittsburgh did make it. I've tried time after time to get into the NHL. So have I. Time after time. And, and I got into this big Bruins. I guess the Penguins did make it. Did the Maple huh. Leafs or Flyers make it? Um, 
I don't know, man. Those are my kind of. I, I kind of adjusted to picking those teams because of being a Blue Jays fan. I figured, oh, what the hell, I'll root for the Maple Leaves. And then I said the same thing about being an Eagles fan. I thought, oh, what the hell, I'll root for the Flyers. And I've never really – and I've also kind of liked the Devils just because I like their logo, that and from Putty yelling Devils and Seinfeld. But outside of those three teams, I've never really been like a big fan, but I've tried to follow those three in some way or another. I, I've, I've tried to make several points to – follow it closer, closely, follow the Bruins, because if I was going to be a fan, I'd be a Bruins fan. I've even got some Bruins. I got a Bruins shirt. Uh, I, I'm still not giving up on it completely. Maybe next year. I'm still working on it. Uh, but I guess I'll probably be rooting for Pittsburgh because one of my best friends in college is a Penguins fan, and he has taken me to several games. Hockey games being there live is really, really fun. I used to go to them when they were uh, the River Frogs uh, and the Ice Hawks back in the day in the IHAL here in Louisville. One time, I went time. To, one time I went to a River Frog game and they were given they gave me I don't know if it was after the game, maybe like I saw a player or something, or if it was before the game as a promotion, they gave me a hockey stick. Like a real like a full not a full like size? miniature kid one, a full size hockey stick. Wow, that's pretty cool. You and still I, have it? This no. But this is like when I was like six or seven. I don't know if it was like a promotion, like first one hundred fans get a hockey stick, or after the game, if you know when in football, they walk around the stadium and give out stuff. That would be much harder in hockey because there's glass. But one way or the other, I left that place with a ginormous hockey stick, and I did not buy it. It was given to me. Now, did you pick the Bruins, I assume, for the same reasoning that I said I picked my teams because you're a Red Sox fan? You figured what the hell I'll go with the other Boston city? Exactly. Okay. So that's, uh, you know, I, I'm a big Red Sox fan, and they're they're whooping the Nationals today. Uh, which is nice. I like the Patriots. Obviously, I'm a Packers fan because I I was a Packers fan probably before I started following Kentucky sports uh, around that same time frame of when I was like four and five, six years old. Uh, but I, I like everything else Boston. Don't know why. I've been up there a bunch of times. Great time. Been there once. Great nice city. city. It is. It's fun. Have you been to a Red uh, Sox been, game? I've been to several Red Sox okay. games, but I, I have not been to Boston since or a Red Sox game since I was 21. Uh, which I think will make it even that much more fun whenever I do get to go. Uh, Jordan Spieth dominates the Masters. I mentioned it earlier in the show. Didn't have a lot of time to talk about it. Uh, fun uh, fun to watch him do as well as he did. I, I, I don't know about you, Trevor. Well, I know you don't really watch golf anyways. But I, I did I, I was follow the last t- day, his chase with uh, history. I, I was having a tough time on Saturday whether I wanted him to start choking and making it fun on Sunday. But eventually I just surrendered. and I went, you know what, let's just let him dominate. Uh, he is chasing history. He's having a round to that we will f- remember forever. Also, he's 21 years old. Uh, gosh, I, I think it was Jim Nance yesterday had a phrase that he, since he was only at Texas a year, that it was something about he left college early to turn pro, and now he's got his master's. I almost threw up when I, I heard that. It's clever, but still just not very, not just too punny for me. Uh, we're out of time for today. It's going to be a fun week of the show, as you could probably tell from today's show. It's going to probably get a little off topic here and there. That's spring and summer radio. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow, 1450, the sports buzz. We'll see you then.